0: Hello, we're now about to start the book of First Chronicles, the 13th book in the Bible. And it starts in a very strange way. It just starts straight into a list of names. And uh, the first word is Adam. You know, normally if you're gonna start with a list of names, you'd say, here's a list of names. <laughs> but no, we're gonna start straight into the genealogies and these are gonna continue for nine entire chapters. So hang in with me as we go through chapter one. Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Medai, Javan, Tubal, Meshach, and Tirus. The sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Depath, and Tegama. The sons of Javan, Elisha. Tarshish, Kittim, Rodanim. The sons of Ham, Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush, Seba, Havila, Sabta, Ra'ama, Sabataka. The sons of Ra'ama, Sheba, and Dedan. Cush became the father of Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. Mizraim became the father of Ludim, Anamim, Lehabim, Naphtahim, Pathrasim. Kathlehim, where the Philistines came from, and Kaphtarim. Canaan became the father of Sidon, his firstborn, Heth, the Jebusite, and the Amorite, the Girgashite, the Hivite, the Archite, the Sinite, the Arvidite, the Zemurite, and the Hamathite. The sons of Shem Elam, Ashur, Arpashad, Lud, Aram, Uz, Hul, Gepha, and Meshech. Arpashad became the father of Shelah and Shelah became the father of Eber. To Eber were born two sons. The name of the one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. Joktan became the father of Almadad, Sheleph, Hazamaveth, Jerah, Hadaram, Uzal, Dikla, Ebal, Abimael, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. All these were the sons of Joktan. Shem, Arpashad, Shailah, Eba, Peleg, Ru, Serug, Nahor, Terah, Abram, also called Abraham. The sons of Abraham, Isaac and Ishmael. These are their generations, the firstborn of Ishmael. Nebaioth, then Kedar, Adbil, Mibsam, Mishma, Dumar, Massar, Hadad, Timar, Jeturah, Naphish, and Kedemah. These are the sons of Ishmael. The sons of Keturah, Abraham's concubine, Shebor, Zimram, Joksham, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. The sons of Joksham, Sheba, and Dedan. The sons of Midian, Ephah, Ephur, Hanok, Abedah, and Eldar. All these were the sons of Keturah. Abraham became the father of Isaac. The sons of Isaac, Esau, and Israel. The sons of Esau. Eliphaz, Reuel, Jaush, Jalam, and Korah. The sons of Eliphaz, Teman, Omar, Zephi, Gatam, Kenaz, Timnah, and Amalek. The sons of Reuel, Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizar. The sons of Seir, Lotan, Shobal, Zibian, Anar, Dishon, Izar, and Dishan. The sons of Lotan, Hori, and Homam, and Timnah was Lotan's sister. The sons of Shobal, Alian, Manahath, Ebal, Shephi, and Onam, the sons of Zibion, Aya, and Anah, the sons of Anah, Dishon, the sons of Dishon, Hamram, Eshban, Ithran, and Sharan, the sons of Izah, Bilhan, Zaavan, and Jaakan, the sons of Dishan, Uz, and Aram. Now these are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom, before any king reigned over the children of Israel. Baalah the son of Beor, and the name of his city was Dinhabar. Bala died, and Jobab the son of Zerah of Bozrah reigned in his place. Jobab died, and Hushan of the land of the Temanites reigned in his place. Husham died, and Hadad the son of Bedad, who struck Midian in the field of Moab, reigned in his place. And the name of his city was Avith. Hadad died, and Samlah of Mazerika reigned in his place. Samlah died, and Shaul of Rehoboth by the river reigned in his place. Shaul died, and Baal-Hanan, the son of Akbor, reigned in his place. Baal-Hanan died, and Hadad reigned in his place, and the name of his city was Pei, and his wife's name was Mehetabal, the daughter of Matred, the daughter of Mezahab. Then Hadad died. The chiefs of Edom were Chief Timnah, Chief Aliyah, Chief Jether, Chief Aholibamah, Chief Elah, Chief Pinon, Chief Kenaz, Chief Timan, Chief Mibzar, Chief Magdiel, and Chief Iram. These are the chiefs of Edom. So, you made it through (laughs) one chapter, that is. But there are nine chapters like that to start the book of Chronicles. Now, Chronicles is a whole new scroll. Like, if you were in the Old Testament times and you went into the synagogue... Uh, you know, I'm talking Old, Old Testament times. They didn't really have synagogues way back before the temple, you know, back that period. But, you know, they had scrolls. And the scroll would have just been the scroll of Chronicles. And Hebrew, the Hebrew language, didn't have vowels back then. So it was, it's easier to write without vowels. You know, like God, you take out the O and you've just got GD, good. So that's why Yahweh is Y-H-W-H, because the A and the E are gone, so it's Y-W-H. And sometimes that's why you don't know how to pronounce the words. So the Book of Chronicles, or the Scroll of Chronicles, would have been a certain size. But when it was translated into Greek, and all the vowels were added in, suddenly the scroll goes, and doubles in size. So that's why we've got two books. (laughs) One Chronicles and two Chronicles. And that's um, the type of thing that happened with, you know, kings. One and two kings, Samuel, one and two Samuel. That type of thing happened. So it's really one book, Chronicles, and it's got... um, You know I think about 36 chapters in each I'll have to check on that but it's quite a big scroll but it's now turned into two quite big books so we're now into the scroll of Chronicles and it's big now if you thought uh, that number the book of Numbers was dull we are now getting into a a dull patch (laughs) of the Bible and I, I was expecting a dull patch when we got to numbers but it turned out that was super interesting and the actual numbers in the book of numbers was only about four or five chapters, and the rest of it was full of the most interesting stories. And even the numbers in the book of numbers were so interesting once you actually analysed them and you compared them, and, and you've got to start doing that type of thing here too. Um, so that we've got nine chapters to start chronicles, and it's all genealogies, and. Um, So a lot of people just think this is a bit dull, and they they just read through it as quick as they can, just so that they can say they've read the whole Bible. But if you were to stop and actually start to analyse, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later when we get into some of the other chapters, you'll find that there's actually remarkable things in these genealogies as well. I wanted to make two comments about this chapter. And um, then when I get into some later chapters, I'm going to talk more about the Book of Chronicles as a whole, who wrote it, when was it written, things like that. But there's two things I want to make. Number one is that in this chapter, it's going through mentioning names, and you know, in the majority of cases, 99% of the times, it just mentions the name. But every now and then, it'll mention a name and just make a comment. So, for example, with Nimrod, it said he was a mighty hunter in the earth. Um, when we get down to a guy called Eber in verse 19 it says to Eber were born two sons the name of one was Peleg for in his days the earth was divided and his brother's name was Joktan so this guy has a comment made about him Peleg in his day the earth was divided now there's different theories about what this division of the earth is I'm pretty sure I got this right with what I'm about to tell you some people think that the earth was once upon a time was like a supercontinent so you might have seen in school or at other places maps of the world and you notice how some of the continents and islands they all seem to fit together like a jigsaw puzzle like for example you know australia and papua new guinea papua new guinea seems to fit into that slot above australia like two jigsaw pieces well all the continents can and you know antarctica can kind of fit up in underneath australia it fits into that curve and all the pieces of the world kind of are like jigsaw puzzles, and they can all fit together into this one giant big landmass. And they call that, uh, you know, I've heard, heard different people call it different names. Pangea is one name, Gondwana land I've heard, supercontinent. So one of the theories is that at some point in the past, the Earth was a supercontinent, and then it split up. Now there's a heap of Christians that think that it happened during the days of this guy Peleg, because in his days the Earth was divided... I reckon they're completely wrong. I think that that if there was a supercontinent, it, it would have been split up at the time of the flood. It had to have been split up at the time of the flood, because that's the moment in the Bible when you've got gigantic geological overhauls. You've got, you know, like around the world today, when you see things like, I went to Carnarvon Gorge, and seeing the amount of water that had to run through and form that chasm out, and you know, Grand Canyon or things like that, you realize that these are features formed with a lot of water flowing all at once. And so the, there's a lot of evidence for the flood all around, but that's the time when, it, if there was gonna be geological changes, that's the big obvious time. And you know, all around the world, there are millions and millions of fossils. Well, it's because of the flood. The flood was the moment when things were just upheaved and, and millions of things died all in that one event, and they were buried as, as the waters of the deep burst open. and. Mud was moving around everywhere. The flood is the time for it. And um, I mean, you think of an average animal that just dies and falls over, they don't turn into a fossil. So, you know, despite the fact that there's been all these apparent ages of dinosaurs, the Cambrian, the Jurassic, and the, you know, Cretaceous, and all of this, Triassic, um, when animals die, they don't just turn into fossils. But the flood is the perfect event for creating millions of fossils. Um, And so some people think um, well, that's when I think if there's, if there's ever a time in the past where there's a supercontinent and it breaks up the flood, the perfect time for that. It just makes sense. But some people think that it happened in the time of this guy here. But what I think happened in the time of this guy, Peleg, in his days the earth was divided, I think that's the Tower of Babel. So what happens at the Tower of Babel is you've got everyone in the whole earth speaking one language. And this is recorded in uh, Genesis 10 and 11, around there and you got one language, but the Lord didn't like that. They were using it um, to try to achieve things he didn't want. So he splits up the languages, and the result is people spread around all over the world. So in that time, the earth was divided. In other words, the people of the earth were divided, not the physical earth was divided. And I think that is the most likely explanation for what this verse is talking about. And I'm not alone. A lot of Bible experts agree. <laughs> Doesn't make it mean we're all right, but you know, they're kind of the two main thoughts about that. It's either the earth physically was broken up or it's the earth peoples was broken up and spread around. Well, I think that the Bible does say that that's a thing that happened in um, in the time of the Tower of Babel. And if you look at the genealogies and like you try to get a sense of the timing, this bloke Peleg kind of matches it around about that time. So it even matches like that. The other comment I want to make on chapter one is that when we're looking at all these genealogies and we see Adam and then we see Seth and then we see Enosh and you see them all going down you know Jared you know Methuselah Lamech um, it, some people say oh this is just all made up and um, but the thing I actually think this is quite remarkable to think you have nine entire chapters this is the first one and we're gonna go and, and it goes from the first human all the way through to Adam all the way through to you know, King David, all the way through to the exile, and then by the time you get to Matthew, they add on more generations to get all the way through to Christ. Don't you think that if there was a God who did create the world, and he was in control of things, and he did send his son, that there'd be that a God who had the capability of doing whatever he wanted would somehow make a genealogy of himself, something very authentic to confirm you know, what he was doing? And that's what we've got we've got a remarkable nine entire chapters of history of people that lived and it's it's the if you were going to make up stuff it's the dumbest stuff to make up nine entire chapters of just names you'd never do it no one has ever done that people make up fiction stories we've got the world is full of stories that are made up but no one's ever made up a huge big giant list of fake names just because (laughs) so i i actually look at these lists you know when we were reading through the chapter for the average person it would be as dull as dishwater but i think on one hand it's a testimony to the grandeur of god how amazing he is that all this history these facts all these people from starting from the first man adam the son of god all the way through it's remarkable in fact it's huge evidence that god's involved in things once you start thinking along those lines, it's really, really remarkable. So we've got Chronicles is another interesting book. And we'll talk much more about the book of Chronicles in the chapters ahead because I've got to find some interesting things to say to break up the the genealogies. (laughs) So we'll get to all of that. But I think as we go through it, just see it all as evidence of a big picture at work and the involvement of the Lord. So Father, we thank you for, for the book of Chronicles, the scroll of the Chronicles. We thank you for all that we're going to encounter as we go through it. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless it to us. And I thank you, Lord, that you are involved in the big picture. So we're just so grateful for that. In Jesus' name.